Yes, the reading is just from Esther 4, verses 9 to 17. And that can be found on page 504 of the Red Bibles. We have Bibles in other languages and versions available at the back. And page numbers for those are on the screen. Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned by the king, he has but one law, that they be put to death unless he extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go, gather all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. This is the word of the Lord. Brilliant. It's fun, isn't it? Learning a new verse. Uh, And thank you to our actors as well. Uh, I hope you enjoy seeing the next bit of the the story played out. But then leave us on a bit of a cliffhanger, didn't it? Uh, You know, what happens next? As Esther has approached uh, the king, she's plucked up the courage to do that. What's the king going to do? Is he going to listen to her? Uh, What's she going to ask? How is this story going to play out? I know about you, but I kind of want to know what's going to happen next. Esther is an incredibly uh, exciting story. And you may know uh, already how the the story uh, comes about. But imagine reading this for the first time. Maybe it is your first time reading it. And you're wondering what uh, happens next. Is this the reason, as we've been seeing, uh, of God's silent sovereignty working so far for just a time as this, as Mordecai says in in verse 14 of our reading, for just a time as this. Now, remember, uh, I know that uh, the, the little ones uh, in minis, all the way through to the oldest ones in adults, uh, have been learning about Esther over the last few weeks. So remember where uh, Esther is. Uh, and uh, the Jews are. They're in a horrible situation. They're in a foreign uh, country. It seems hopeless uh, because Haman has uh, given us edicts that all the Jews should be killed. It's horrible. It's hopeless. And there seems there's no way out. And then Esther hears about the edict from Mordecai. 
and Mordecai's structure to plead for the Jews. So Esther's got a decision to make. Is she going to do nothing, or is she going to do something? Let me read uh, verse 11 of our reading. All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law, that they be put to death unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. Now can you see Esther's in a bit of predicament. predicament. Perhaps we can have Esther and our king back up in the palace. The king has broken his scepter. This is going well. There's not much hope for Esther. As you see, according to verse 11, when Esther first hears about this edict, she kind of sees she's got two options. Uh, She knows that if she approaches the king uninvited and he doesn't hold out his scepter, which is the option she seems most likely, that she's going to die. Or, if we get Esther back up, the alternative is she could decide to do nothing. Not approach the king. But then actually maybe her Jewish identity would be found out. And she would die. So what's she going to do? Is she going to do something? Or is she going to do nothing? Either way, can you see, there's potential trouble. Either way, it's a potentially fatal situation. And Mordecai understands this predicament uh, as Esther reports back. But he responds and says, well, maybe there's another option. Actually, his response shows, I think, that Mordecai is trusting God. Because he says, maybe you're here for such a time as this. Did you see that in verse 14? For if you remain silent at this time... Relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows whether you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. So we've got our two options again. Right. So if we get uh, Esther back up. Sorry, Esther, for making you do all the hard work. There's two options. Now, Mordecai says that Esther could remain silent. That is an option. But if she remains silent, if she does nothing, she's going to die. Uh, actually, what's really interesting is Mordecai even knows, is sure Esther will die. He's also certain the Jews will be delivered. It just won't be through Esther. He knows God's promises that the Jews will still be delivered. But he gives another option. This is the last one, Esther. You're all right. Esther could approach the king and the king could hold out his golden scepter and the king could listen and actually not just herself be saved but the whole Jewish people be saved. So, uh, let's give our Esther and king a round of applause. See, Esther could have come for such a time 
as this. Maybe that's where God has been working his whole silent sovereignty. God's name's still not being mentioned. And yet the way this is written, doesn't it make you think, isn't God doing something here? Just maybe this is why Esther is where she is for such a time as this. Now Esther's still got to decide to do something. Uh, and both options, even after Mordecai has spoken, both options are still potentially fatal. But she looks beyond herself to the Jews uh, and thinks, maybe I've got the option to save not just myself, but many people. And that's the option she chooses. Uh, verse 16, that we just had read, she says, Go gather together all the Jews who are in Caesar and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it's against the law. And if I perish, I perish. For three days, Esther and the Jews don't eat anything. That is three days for the Jews to pray. That is three days for Esther and her attendants to pray and to plan. She's decided to do something, but she wants to consider what it is she is going to do. Uh, And after that, she approaches the king. uh, And it's kind of like she's willing to give her own life for the sake of many others. If I perish, I perish. Now, spoiler alert. Goes on that little bit longer just so you're paying attention. Her, Esther's actions, if you read on, do save God's people. She is the one who's been raised up for just a time as this. Raised up to preserve and protect God's people who are in a hopeless situation. God's silent sovereignty is there. And isn't that the way that God works throughout the Bible? We've just sung that song, isn't it? Different people God has raised up at the right time to preserve and protect his people who seems in such hopeless situations. That's the way that God chooses to work. Look at this verse from the New Testament. This is talking, this is Paul talking to the Romans, to Christians. He says, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Like the Jews in Esther, we were in a hopeless situation. It says there, we were powerless, means we're powerless to save ourselves. We were ungodly. We had no chance of getting to God and his eternal goodness. We were in a hopeless situation. But into that hopeless situation, we were lost and dead in our sin. God sent Jesus. What did he say? At just the right time. At just the right time. Another came who was willing to give his life for many. For such a time as this. Ooh, I'll be in a lot of trouble if I drop this clock.
for such a time as this. It's the way that God works. Jesus' death and resurrection are are his sovereign plan to preserve and protect people fully and finally for all time. That's why Jesus went to the cross. Now you see, there's no accidents with God. No accidents with God. He put Esther in that royal palace for just for such a time as this. He sent Jesus to the cross at just the right time. And so maybe, just maybe, he's put you here now for such a time as this. There are times when people seem in a hopeless situation. I don't know if you find that at school uh, or in a workplace. You know, maybe it's the person at school who's being bullied. Maybe it's that classmate or that friend you've got who is crying and you just don't know why. Maybe it's the friend who's lost a loved one. Maybe it's the colleague who's lost a job. Maybe it's the person battling the depths of depression. Often, we just don't know what to say. We don't know what to do in those situations, do we? They're horrible situations. If you're going through one of those, now, it is difficult. It's horrible. And they may seem hopeless, although as the story of Esther shows, there's never something that's completely hopeless. But if you know someone who is going through a situation like that, whether uh, it's at school or friends at work, uh, in this horrible, hopeless situation, we've got a decision to make. We could do nothing, or we could do something. And there may be times it is wise to do nothing. But I wonder if that's too often our default. Maybe because we don't know what to say, what to do. Maybe we think the person won't want to see us in that moment. Maybe we think the easiest option is just to ignore the problem uh, and let it ride out. Perhaps, but perhaps we need to be a little bit more like Esther. To pray, to plan, and to think, has God put me here for such a time as this? God's sign of sovereignty as we're reminded the cross, is always working, even when we can't see it. So he has put you, who here is in a classroom uh, during the week? Who goes to school is in a classroom? God has put you in that classroom. Who here uh, is in a workplace? God has put you in that workplace. Who here has some neighbours on their street? God has put you on that street. Can you see, God has put you where you are for just a time as this. Now, I'm not suggesting we're all going to have big life and death situations that we might deal with, although who knows? It may just be the small things that we're here for. Going to talk to someone when times are hard. Sending someone a WhatsApp message. Asking questions Uh, of the person who's crying. Sending someone a Bible verse. Having someone around for a meal. Providing someone with financial support. Reading the Bible to someone. Just sitting with someone who is crying and neither of you know what to say, but it's better to be there than not. Who knows why God has you here? The options are endless. But can you see how God may have put you there 
for just a time as this. Actually, probably the worst thing is to often is to do nothing. Because God loves his people. The story of Esther tells us God loves his people. The rescue has come in Jesus. And he's working now to preserve and protect his people in his silent sovereignty. And part of that way that that works is that we have each other. That's part of God's love. He's given us each other uh, to love, to care, to support, to point each other to him. It's a we're family. And so as we think, you know, for such a time as this, why are we here? Maybe there's been some thoughts that have come through your mind uh, of times when you can look back on your life and people have been there at just the right time for you. Maybe as you've been going through, we've been going through, you've been thinking, there's someone where I could be there this week at just the right time. I'm going to get us uh, for a few minutes to chat about that now with the person next to you. Where have, uh, in the past, uh, you've seen someone or someone has come at just uh, for such a time as this? When you've been in that situation, you're so glad they've come. Uh, and they've spoken to you, or got in contact, whatever it is. Share some of those real encouragements. Uh, and then have a think with the person next to you. Is there a time where I need to do that for someone this week? So uh, five minutes uh, to chat uh, with the, those around you about those two questions. Okay. I'm going to interrupt those conversations. It's encouraging to hear so much uh, chat going on. Uh, and do carry it on over tea and coffee. Um, I hope as, you've looked, uh, as you look at that first question, as you've been thinking of examples, I think uh, the one that came to my mind was times when we've moved house to a, a completely new city and you kind of feel completely, uh, you don't know where you are, you don't know what's going on, you know, everything's still in boxes uh, all around you and people have just knocked on the door uh, and welcomed us or people have bought bound food for us because uh, we don't even know where the saucepan is. Uh, in, in all the, amongst all the boxes. It's a little thing. And yet how much do I look back and see God was at work bringing that person at the right time uh, to encourage us. And as I look forward to this week, there are pe- definitely people I can do that for. I'm going to ask uh, the Felthams family to come up now uh, and they're going to pray for us uh, off the back of this. Uh, and for some other things.